What was the what is the yeah. website again? Bonfire.com. Bond. James Bond. Bond fire. No, B O N fire. B O N. I just did a like the, just the word bonfire. <laughs> I was doing like a Michael they make, Scott. They make glasses. Bonfire. Levi's getting jokes okay. off. Yeah. He's getting oh, loose. You he's gotta, already, you're missing gold here. He's already loose. Out of nowhere, a former bridge keeper now about to become the Masters champion. I'm gonna make him an offer, Captain. You had me at hello. Hawk. Hawk. Asian. Well, they got their own because you're obviously white. I'm an inventor. This could be a game changer for me. Are you not entertained? Okay, here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Loose Concept, the loosest conceptual movie podcast on the internet. My name is Elijah Smith, and joining me tonight from across the world wide web, most uh, regular recurring guest host on this program, the one and only Sean Mackey. Sean, welcome back to the show. I love it when you do that because then I just have to reiterate that I am a co-host <laughs> to just, just reaffirm. Like to, just like to keep the people on their toes, you know. <laughs> Nobody's job is safe in this outlet. Yeah, I guess I just need to be always on high alert. No, yeah, I'm pumped. Excited for the crew that we have on here. Missing one. You got to pour one out for Rudy. Oh, yeah, you'll note you uh, the listeners will notice very quickly that Rudy is not on this not on this episode. He couldn't. He's apparently battling a, a headache of some kind and couldn't couldn't handle it. So uh, he's not going to be here. But don't you fret. You don't have to listen to just Sean and I ramble on about this week's feature film. No, we brought in some backup. The Daniel Craig doppelganger himself, one of the uh, the three three key bad boys of business. One of the uh, the. Uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? The most popular? I think the most oh. popular. Yeah, the most popular guest host we've had so far. Good to know. Yeah. On this I thought program. we'd say most frequent. Most, Also one of the most frequent as well. You died with Micah, I think, for that. I think so. I'm up role. there. I'm up there. Uh, Levi Smith, welcome back to the show. Levi. Thank you. Thank you. Just came from the gym, so the body is tight, but the mind is loose. So. And the takes are hot? The takes are hot. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> So yeah, we're uh, we're flying without Rudy for the first time. We've done an episode without Sean. Uh, the listeners will recall back, back when we discussed Knight's Tale with the uh, special guest Nick Jarrett back in episode I don't know what was that episode twelve or something. Yeah, I feel like it was in you know it was early on. We didn't even know what we were doing back in the old days. We're getting into episode thirty-one here. We've crossed the thirty-episode threshold. We've been doing this for 30 weeks now, Sean. It's crazy. I I just said it the other day. I was like, episode 30. That's just 30 of something. That's just crazy. It's a substantial amount. Not not counting the like three or four episodes that we recorded before we even started trying to figure out how to even like do a podcast. Of course, our first, our first, it's always good to reload our first attempt at recording a podcast. The plan was to do Catch Me If You Can for our first episode, which we ended up doing for like our fourth official episode, but we started to do it for our, our first. And I got on the call and I was like, So did you guys watch the movie? And both Rudy and Sean were like, <laughs> Oh, we're supposed to watch the movie. <laughs> we were so just we like, just We gonna- totally <laughs> forgot. <laughs> we were just going to be talking about a movie that no one had watched. Yeah, we were like, oh yeah, I've seen it. I saw the movie like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, Rudy I was like, takes. I saw it when I was like twelve. <laughs> Great, perfect. Can confirm I have seen this movie in the past twenty four hours. In the past twenty four hours. That's yeah, even it's been verified. Word. Well, before before we get there, um, let's get into uh, this is gonna be a pretty brisk episode. We're just gonna we're just gonna you know, people got a lot on their minds. So we don't want to drag it on too much. Let can I, people talk about the important things. Oh, you got something? Yeah. Can I say that I'm just thrilled to be talking about something beyond politics? I would be. <laughs> I would be thrilled to be talking about the elements and different geographical dirts <laughs> if it wasn't talking about politics right now. <laughs> just thrilled. Well, that's good because we actually do have a segment later on on uh, geography and uh, no, what's the word? Levi's going to take us through the, the geography of large houses. Is it geography? Is that the word? Geodes? I guess it would be geography. What, what's no, there's geography? A, there's a word about like the study of dirt. And oh, I don't know. Well, we do have we do have a. I was th- trying to sound as smart as possible, and I just played myself. <laughs> I yeah. just played the myself. Sen- the sentiment was 
sentiment was shared. We do have a segment on uh, indigenous rocks to the eastern Pennsylvania coming up later on, so... Can't wait. <laughs> We're ready Leave for just shooting a shot. First things first, getting off the bat, since Rudy's not here, let's... Uh, let's Let's revert to our, our our real our first true love here. I think for all all three members of this podcast, and that's Star Wars. Star Wars. We're talking uh, oh. talking episode one, season two of The Mandalorian. Has everyone seen it here? John, you oh, have no, it. Oh, no. no. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, I, okay. I guess we can't even talk about it then. Darn yeah, it. just talk about <laughs> it. Just talk about it. There goes that segment. Down the tubes. This is gonna be a spoiler, spoiler-friendly segment. Sean, you can mute your headphones if you like. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just tune out. Just, it. just put your thumb up. <laughs> that cameo at the end. Oh, Levi? It, was, it was awesome. It was, was awesome. It, is it who we think it is? A hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I was inclined to agree. I was like on the fence about it, and then I was watching the credits, and I saw the name. The no- name came up in the credits of that. Uh, the character who had played a character that's related mm-hmm. to that character earlier on. Right. And I was like, oh, it's definitely, they're adding right. a tie-in, which I, I 100% approve of. Yeah. I'm here I'm for it. Angry. I thought it was awesome. Very cowboy-esque. Very, yeah. it was great. Boba Fett's armor was like, for, like front and central. And like, that is just like the coolest. Like, oh, yeah. One of the coolest things in Star Wars is that armor. And it's just like, I mean, ever since Empire Strikes Back, like this guy, Boba Fett, has like, Two scenes where he does like nothing, and it's just like beloved from the like very beginning. Half a, half a line, yeah. And so I love focus on that, and uh, yeah, it was great. I think the more they the more they lean into that western the western vibe, the better. Those are always the best episodes of that show, in my opinion, are the ones where they're like heavy on the western stuff, but also throwing in some some actors that you know are sort of like curveballs yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant was great. Was on this first episode. Sean, we talked about him last week on the podcast, and we also talked about the new season, The Mandalorian, on the podcast. And I didn't say anything about how those two topics tied together. Really, sort of just futurists, dude. We just yeah, we we see things. We see it all connected. We could sense it in the air that something was going to happen with The Mandalorian and Timothy Oliphant and and uh, Oliphant. How do you say his name? Oliphant. I always said Oliphant. Oliphant. Anyway, those two worlds collided. Boom. Like two planets getting destroyed by the Death Star. Got a guest appearance from him in in this first episode. He crushed it. He was tight. He was really good. He was really awesome. You got some of those pig fat creatures fighting in the beginning i don't know what they're called <laughs> What's that i'm a pretty big star wars fan and i i guess i'm not because i don't know what they're called <laughs> the uh the crate dragon yeah very tight I they think... talk it's one of those things i think the other thing this show does well is they like when they bring in these elements that like you hear them talk about in like the movies and stuff and they mm-hmm. don't you don't actually see like they i think i don't know if it's like Luke talks about it in like one of the original trilogy or something, but he discusses he like it's just like a, sort of an offhand mention about the crate dragon, and you're like, oh, well, I you wonder what you that see thing that is. skeleton. Oh yeah, in the that's one right. scene. Yeah, it's just like a skeleton of it, and yeah. now we actually get to see it. Yeah, so they crushed it. Hopefully, this is a you know this is a good mm-hmm. sign for the rest of the season. And then, like we said, that cameo at the end, not to give any uh, also uh, spoilers from Sean. Like uh, I don't know, like there's this one scene where someone hits Boba Fett's jetpack and it like flies off. Yep, similar to like Return of the Jedi. Yep, yep. it's very good, very good. So I'm I'm hyped on it. I have uh, I don't know. It's it's weird. We talked about it last week a little bit. How this show is like so much better than anything else that Disney has done, done with Star Wars and why that is. But uh, I just think I continue to go into it with no expectations, and it just is awesome consistently. I think it's just made by fans. I mean, Dave Filoni is just like a super fan that and like a be. super nerd. Yeah. And John Favreau is a big fan too, and so I think both of them have put a lot of heart and soul in it. And so. They know what the people want. Right. A lot of good creatives involved. Want. Yeah. Well, we'll see if they can they can keep batting a thousand, but for now it's it's looking pretty hot. Looking pretty so, hot. Yeah, let's get into uh, our next segment here. We're gonna be breaking down the trailer of the week. This actually, trailer actually came out last week, but uh, we don't know if this is ever gonna come to theaters. And the one we discussed last week, George Clooney's Midnight Sky, was a Netflix movie, so we know that one's for sure coming out. But this week's, we weren't as sure 
it's you know it's up in the air if it'll actually come out on uh, streaming services or where but uh, this week we're talking about news of the world see all those words put them all together you have a story story captain why are you doing this little girl is lost I'm returning her to her surviving family. Well, you can certainly handle a horse. Horse. That's right. Captain. Make no mistake. Captain. Roads closed. Is that the law? It is now. How much you want for her? She's not for sale. The stories on these pages can't get us home. You can't have her, and I'm taking her home. It's hard, fun anyway. News of the world in theaters Christmas. This is a a brand new uh, Tom Hanks vehicle, currently slated to drop on the 25th of December, otherwise known as Christmas Day, 2020. Wow! Uh, it hasn't been hasn't been pushed back, and it might be a little of a ambitious uh move here to still have that up on the imdb but uh this is supposed to be the story of a civil war veteran who agrees to deliver a girl taken by the kiowa people years ago to her aunt and uncle against her will they travel hundreds of miles and face grave dangers as they search for a place that either can call home either place that either can call home um yeah it's got a it's directed by paul greengrass who has notably directed other movies like uh, The Bourne Ultimatum, Jason Bourne, a bunch of Bourne movies. Um, that's really the, the big, <laughs> those are the big ones. <laughs> surprise Matt Damon's on in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Could have, Maybe he could have is. Alternate. He does like to surprise Plot us twist. sometimes. He's just going to pop up somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, it seems like this is sort of like a, a little bit of a Western vibe for Tom Hanks. I don't know. Has Tom Hanks been in any Westerns to date? Do we know? I don't know. I mean, not I guess you could say that Sleepless in Seattle is a Western. <laughs> yeah. What's that one um, <laughs> where he's like a mafia boss, is like enforcer? Um, Road that? to Perdition? Perdition? Road to Perdition. I've never kind seen of- it. I mean, it's it's sad, and I feel like that's like the kind of vibe I was getting with this movie. Yeah, Got um, those sad vibes. Pretty bold to release it. You know, Tenet couldn't save theaters, but maybe <laughs> news of the world. You know, Tom Hanks is someone who has experienced COVID nineteen firsthand. I think he knows how to beat COVID nineteen. <laughs> so he's he's com- coming to theaters to save the American uh, movie industry. But uh, we'll see. I don't know. Sean, this was actually, uh, this was a, a trailer that was first hinted, you know, the first person I heard even mention this this movie upcoming was your brother Chase when he was on talking about mud Ooh, back in wow. like, uh, was back, in back in March. March, early, early quarantine times. Yeah, it was towards the end of the episode he was on. He was like, yeah, be on the lookout for this new movie, News of the World with Tom Wait, Tom Hanks. You know, he's a tastemaker. He just wanted to just drop that in there at yeah. the end <laughs> yeah i think i think so, it looks good shouts I think, to chase for uh cluing us in early yeah thanks chase shout out shout out bro um yeah i think it, it's it's an interesting movie i think it's it's definitely a winter movie i think just at the release because i think at, at you know at that time you have a yeah. lot of christmas is usually in the winter <laughs> well, i'm just saying I, I don't think this movie could come out in the summer obviously um just with the type of blockbusters that normally come out but um, yeah i think you know it's a it's a, a different tale for tom hanks i don't think we've had him sort of be in this fatherly role in a while uh, i guess maybe you could Western. say mr rogers but um it'll be good I, I think the 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 title of it is a little bit misleading it seems almost like uh just western movie similar to um what's that movie that uh jeff bridges is in true grit true grit it seems like a true grit but more disney more family friendly i don't know 
Yeah, it does sort of have that, you know, true grit. There's elements of like the searchers in there with this girl who's been, you know, raised by the uh, Native Americans. So it's like it has elements of that as well. But yeah, I do think the title, I feel like they could have done a little bit of better job on the title. That's Makes a- you think of like, like, like he's an anchor man in like New York City in like the nineties yeah. or something. That's, and he's, that's how you get Tom Hanks. I mean, he just loves those news movies. <laughs> I mean, you're talking the about post. you were just talking about him, Mr. Rogers, him in the Post. True, true. He was actually confused <laughs> when he signed on to the movie. He, he shows up on the scene. He's like, "What's this wagon? Why am I wearing a cowboy hat?" But this is about news. What's interesting and though then, is I think that they'll keep this slated for for coming out this year because. I mean, from where we stand right here on November fourth, um, we do not know if the Oscars are going to be postponed. So yeah, this could this could really Tenet's sweep. Gonna sweep. Tenet <laughs> news of the world could really sweep it's, it's the gonna, Oscars. It's going to be Tenet and news of the world um, going face to face, toe to toe. Who's I'm winning? Who's see. winning? Best actor: John David Washington or Tom Hanks? Uh, it's not even close. No, it's going to be cowboy, Sorry, Tom. cowboy number three in News of the World. Tom's pretty entrenched at the uh, the Hollywood elite, though. I think I think he might have it on lock if this if this actually comes out. That's the real question: Is this actually going to come out? I think it will. I think you just need to stop postponing all these movies. I mean, they're I don't know. At some point, you just so have to release after, them. After like watching the trailer, I got like a real Cynthia and. Parker vibes. I don't know. I've listened to much Joe Rogan, and this is something that Joe <laughs> Rogan will talk about on like one out of five of his episodes. He'll talk about Cynthia and Parker. Pretty much was this like young girl who was kidnapped by these uh, Native Americans and like was raised her entire life like with them, and then like at the end of her life was like brought back to like civilization and like didn't want to like she wanted to be an a native american. Wow, I did why does Joe Rogan bring her up all the time? Just a recurring bit or story. No, there's a reason. He always there's like a reason. She's raised as a Comanche. Um Comanche. I don't know why. He was reading a book about like Comanches and stuff for a while and so um that he was kind of was on his mind and then i don't i don't know why he would just always bring that up for a while yeah this speaking, does sort of have the vibes with the girl this little girl like i wouldn't be surprised with the girl at the end goes back and lives with the native americans yeah yeah well it's hard to kind of reject where you were like who raised you it you know it's interesting right. that you brought that up because i bet paul greengrass he must have learned about this story because it's it seems very similar i guess it's a novel i guess it's based off a novel uh, which, which movie is yeah which i just because i wikipedia did it came oh out. nice so see so you're i more... should have read the wikipedia page for the novel then i wouldn't have to see the movie <laughs> i feel like sometimes we like don't we just like oh this is what we're doing this week and we don't even research it <laughs> we're like oh yeah well this is maybe what it is maybe we need to chase well this is a movie it. that's coming out I mean, that's how you get those loose takes. Yeah, it's just yeah, a loose just operation. Make stuff man. up. <laughs> the title is intentional. It's it intentionally leaves us and intentionally leaves us room to be bad at this job. So it all checks out. I guess maybe Tom Hanks did know it was a book. No, Tom Hanks definitely. I agree with the original the original idea that Tom <laughs> Hanks thought it wasn't like a, a news movie. <laughs> Basically, apparently, in the story, he's like a guy that goes from town to town. Saying like telling stories and sharing news of who's the president and stuff. So like he's an old he's like a human newspaper apparently according to this synopsis just telling stories written like, by Universal Pictures like our Pony Express. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like the Pony Express. Speaking of, oh, there's nothing there. There's no Pony Express this week. Nobody wrote in. Unreal. I got a I got a text message from Leah. I can read. She says. Milkshakes, a fire, and loose concept. Almost as perfect a trio as Elijah, Rudy, and Sean. And she sent a picture of Nick here drinking a milkshake sitting by their fire pit on their new back porch. But nice. This episode's know, not perfect. Rudy's not here. We got we leveled up. We got Levi, so it's an even more perfect episode. Now that we cut the dead weight. She has a couple of other thoughts. Um 
I don't know why she says this. About Time is technically a sci-fi movie because it has time travel, which is fine. But I still don't think that makes my top ten. No hate for About Time. She also says Charlie Hunnam is basically Daniel Craig in Casino Royale. Because on the last episode, I I threw out a Charlie Hunnam for the next Bond take. Ooh. I don't know if he is. I think Ooh. he's a little. He's a little more. Uh, I think there's a little more of like a humor to Charlie Hunnam than like uh, than Daniel Craig. A little da- more of like Daniel cheesiness. Craig has a lot of. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I was gonna say he's he, pretty he's, cheesy. I mean, sorry, Sean. I was gonna say he's in several new movies after sort of Bond, Logan, Lucky, the movie that we we're gonna talk about tonight, um, where he plays more of a comedic role. I mean, it's not serious. Yeah. But I, as I honestly Bond, don't think I've seen Charlie Hunnam in anything that's comedic. You know, he's always kind of playing the funny guy. Mm. I think we're looking at early Daniel Craig. You're looking at like Tomb Raider, and you're that's looking fair. at like Layer Cake. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or Layer like, cake. um, seen Rock and Rollers? No. I feel like he did another like Guy Ritchie movie type thing. I think he was in uh, the Guy Ritchie King Arthur. Oh no, that's Daniel uh, Charlie Hunnam was in the, the Guy Charlie Ritchie Hunnam, King yeah. Arthur, which was. Low-key, very underrated movie. <laughs> Low-key. Yes, me. That movie was freaking tight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I missed last week. What was your About Times take? Because... I don't know. Did we talk about... I feel like we didn't talk about About Time last week. I don't know why she texted me about that. Maybe because she was just throwing out random sci-fi movies. About Time is like a movie that like... I know exactly where I saw it for the first time. I actually saw it in theaters. Whoa. It was like, wow. I know we had a couple of years. We had those snowstorms in October. Yeah. And they knock out part of the school. So like one day, um, Noah, Stephen, and I, and I went to the theaters. And what? Noah, Adam, and I went and saw it in time. And Steve went and saw uh, um, Johnny English 2 by himself instead of seeing in time. <laughs> About oh, do you time. mean in time or about time? Oh, I was saying, I thought you were talking about in time. No, they're talking about about time, which is a, a chick flick with Domhnall Gleeson. Oh, hey, don't, don't reduce it to just a chick flick. Time. In time. In time's, in time's not bad. With uh, Celine Just, Murphy. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Um, Amanda Seyfried. Amanda oh, Seyfried. yeah. That was interesting. Like, time is currency. <laughs> Dang, I haven't thought about that movie in ages. <laughs> There's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. They've got like the digital Matt, clocks on their arms. Matt Bonner's in it too, I think, right? Possibly. I have, I have yeah. like no recollection. It's a good movie game movie. Other than Justin Timberlake and his, his buzz cut. <laughs> I, I love About Time, but I, yeah, I, I don't know if I would consider it a sci-fi movie. I mean, I know that there are sci-fi elements to it, but I think you have to go with like what the core of it is. And I think it's more it's more of a drama than a true sci-fi. It's a sci-fi. rom-com. It definitely is. You know? It's not a bad rom-com. It's not bad. I don't hate it, but or maybe not even a rom. It's more like a. It's more like about time is more like it's a wonderful life than it is like Inception or something, or, you know, or like Star Wars. Yeah. It's it's closer to being it's a wonderful life than it is Star Wars. Like is it's it, yeah. a wonderful life. It's not, a, a I sci-fi movie. It sci-fi. Then I feel like Rachel McAdams is playing the same character that she plays in uh, the Notebook. Yeah, the Notebook. I feel like she's the same character in every movie. <laughs> What's that movie where uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is the boxer? Oh, Southpaw. Uh, Southpaw. She's yeah. the same character in that movie too. She's always the same. Hey, and you know, you find your your niche and you you just stick with it. I respect that. Um. Anyway, let's keep keep this train rolling. We gotta keep this train rolling. Let's talk about our feature film of the week. Feature let's get into film. it here. This week. We'll be breaking down. Levi, I'll let you do the honors. Knives out. Harlan started out with a rusty Smith Corona and built himself into one of the best-selling mystery writers of all time. 30 languages, over 80 million copies sold. You guys fans? I mean, I don't do much fiction reading myself. Big fan. I'm a big fan. Who is that guy? Uh, Mr. Blanc is a private investigator of great renown. I read a tweet about a New Yorker article about you. You're famous. The night of his demise, the family had gathered to celebrate your father's 85th birthday. And your son, Ransom, did he attend as well? Yes, but he left early. I think Linda was upset. Walt would get a little Irish courage in him. He'd get into it with Harlan. What? Richard said what? 
Are you baiting me, detective? Attempting to be thorough so we can figure out the manner of death. You mean if someone killed him? You think one of us, one of his family, Walt, Walt. killed him? Mr. Blanc, I just buried my father who committed suicide. Why are you here? I suspect foul play. Twenty nineteen hit movie, Knives Out. Twenty nineteen hit. Wow, yeah, it did come out last year. Knives out. Great Thanksgiving movie. It was like a perfect. They they knew what they were doing when they marketed that. So Knives Out. this is the as Levi mentioned. This is the it came out last last Thanksgiving, roughly. It was around for the holiday season. I think I went and saw it over Christmas, around Christmas time last year, maybe. Um, a detective investigates the death of a patriarch of an eccentric, combative family. This sort of has a has a pretty uh, killer cast. We got Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Anna Darmus. Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, Christopher Plummer, uh, Catherine Langford. Those are the sort of the big ones. Frank Oz is in it for a little bit. Um, but yeah, just sort of like a bunch of heavy hitters and just a, an old-fashioned uh, whodunit, sort of a throwback. Levi, this was one of the ones you threw out there when we were first talking about you coming back on for, for a second appearance back in, you know, weeks ago but this is one of the ones you suggested why was this uh we'll let you start out you can tie this into your best why was this the uh you know lead in the the batting order for i mean it's it's 2019 so it came out recently yeah and so i feel like when i was thinking about movies like and obviously like pandemic stuff like that 2019 i thought was a great movie year mainly Mm -hmm. because of three movies um and this is going to be the third of the movies you've done the other two (laughs) four versus ferrari i loved absolutely loved yeah um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I love controversially. Okay. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Um, didn't go over well with the lo- the concept boys. That movie's that movie's grown on me. Well, I really enjoyed it. And now. then, and then Knives Out. Those are the three that like. These are all like great, great yeah. movies for me. I feel like there were others too that came out last year that I'm just like blanking on. I know Jojo you're a big Rabbit, fan. Parasite. Jojo Rabbit was really good. Yeah, I like yeah. Jojo Rabbit a lot. Not a, not, it was I'm not a, good, a big Parasite uh, guy. But you're saying Knives Out, the crown jewel, crowning achievement of 2019. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Shout out to Alyssa also who suggested in our Instagram comments section. We we do listen oh, yeah. to it. We, do, uh, we hold the Instagram comments section in high regard. So it's facts. if you have a suggestion, we have, send it in there. We've got some, uh, some other suggestions we received on Instagram that we will be... Uh, getting to as well so if you've sent a sent sent one in on instagram we plan on do just know we plan on doing it we just haven't gotten to it yet yeah it's in it's in the slate shouts to uh sean's sister Alyssa. she she was offered the opportunity to come on this podcast but she didn't want to sorry Alyssa. yeah Alyssa, come on the pod come on i'll try to represent you well Uh, yeah, so let's let's get into the best and worst. Levi, what do you got for best part about oh, this man. 2019 heater? See, I thought I was going to go last in this, so I like had like a full list of things. Like, if I, if Elijah says this, I can say this. Well, Rudy we, can, says, we can start with yeah. Sean if you like. Sean's usually the I mean, I have better. a ton here, so... Yeah, just... Sean, why don't you start off, and then I'll go, and then we'll let Levi get All right, his list. Good. Okay. Yeah, so I think this genre might be one of my favorite favorite genres of just ensemble cast um, done it just very enticing uh ending that's quick it wraps it up in a bow very smoothly um and then just the murder mystery i i love murder mysteries um crime type movies so this hits all of those check boxes um and the way it just kind of sticks the landing at the end is impeccable plot twist twisty twisty turning twisty twisty so you're just saying the genre vibes in general yeah keeping it short and sweet this week and my best was you know just the obvious i think daniel craig daniel craig knocks it out of the park in this movie he's 
he's incredible. His the accent is great. He doesn't really slip. I don't think there's not. I don't know. I we've established that I'm not the best accent guy, but I thought it was really good. He's funny. He's like you know an underrated comedic actor. I know we were just saying he's more of a serious Bond, but I think in other roles uh, since Bond, he's been you know sort of honing those comedy chops a little bit sort of in the uh the chris hemsworth vein of like this guy's actually really funny and like right. he's been mis- misused a little right. bit so far so uh yeah you know between logan lucky and this movie he's really you know sort of we've seen that side of him and i don't know anytime he's on screen you're just like smiling because you know <laughs> anytime <laughs> he's great compels me I don't know. Now that meme going around, like, I, what's the, with the the first shot is like, uh, I don't understand why that is, but compels me though. And the second shot, I laugh every time. They put it in different, like, uh, different. Oh, the donut, a yeah. hole in the middle, a donut. donut. And there's another a donut donut hole donut in the hole of a donut. donut. He's the best, the best. And then, well, I'll get to my honorable mention if you don't hit it first. But yeah. let's hear. What do you got, Levi? For- so I got two things, I guess, that I left. So like the aesthetic, they hit that perfectly with like the house yeah. thing. I mean, this and like what Ryan Johnson's going for here is clearly like an Agatha Christie like yep. mockumentary or not mockumentary, like kind of rip off, kind of spoof, kind yeah. of like serious. It's just kind of supposed to be like a Agatha Christie, and they hit that perfectly, and they like in all areas of that. My second thing would be fashion. They were like. They're pulling out some heaters. Chris Evans rocking some fake sweaters. Yeah. Really look really good. Some nautical sweaters. Right. Some cable sweaters. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree with that 100%. He was My, the trendsetter uh, last winter for, for men's fashion. Because yeah. it, it, this came in some, right, right when everybody was kind of uh, shopping for their winter gear and all those jackets and the, the cable yeah. sweaters mm-hmm. and... They were a hit. The Daniel, that white Daniel one. Craig like uh, tweed suits are tweed are vibe suits. as well. You know, the it's pretty like funny to see suits. him wear that compared to like what he usually wears for James yeah, Bond. Yeah, it's like James Bond suits are like are so fitted and they're yeah. so thing, and then yeah. this is wearing like a tweed jacket that's like he, not as fitted. He's kind of frumpy. And, yeah, and just <laughs> like he, yeah, everybody's he looks like he eats donuts. It's a little bit like Yellowstone. They're all everyone's jackets are on point. Yeah. Um. My only honorable mention, you know, other than Daniel Craig, is Lakeith Stanfeld. I think is is awesome in this movie. He's right on. He uh, as just like a cop who's just sort of like out of it's like out of his hands, and he's just like trying to keep everybody in line a little bit. And he's just like, all right, let's keep let's keep the train on the tracks. Yeah. And he just sort of has that like exasperated vibe a little bit the whole time. Um, but it, I don't know. He's great. I like most movies that Lakeith Stanfeld is in. I think he's just enjoyable to watch. The guy's got it. Yeah. I think he's really good. I think he's really enjoyable. I mean, this goes into my uh, Addison Cutter scene. If we want to talk about that. Well, let's save it. Okay. We'll, right. we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll save it a little bit. Let's get into the worst side, the flip side of the coin. What do you got for the worst part of the movie? I mean, we talked about earlier how I don't want to talk about politics, and I kind of yeah. hated how Ryan Johnson got into the like he would like, like throw in like little political things. I'm like, come on, like let's not do yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did the, the same movie. thing with like with the Star Wars Episode Eight too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's that's my uh, well. I had another one. Let me pull up my notes. Sean, why don't you hit your work? What do you think was the worst part? I would say like the cringy parts of how spoiled everyone is. It kind of, it seems like, uh, <laughs> and uh, all the succession watchers out there, it's kind of like the second cousins of the succession cast. <laughs> it's like yeah, they're trying. Yeah, it's like the, the upper middle class cousins of the succession yeah. people. <laughs> it's like everyone, I don't know. The succession cast does it well because they're just so obnoxious <laughs> in yeah. the way that they act and and um so, so there's just some cringe i think some scenes with just how they kind of act like spoiled um trust fund kids and- but at the at the same time that's kind of key because like you you want to like he wants you to suspect every single person could do it right and if you did it, if you liked all of them then i don't think you would suspect any of them yeah, but no. Like the I fact thought it was that a- you, the fact that you, in your mind you're thinking like each one of these people could possibly have, you know, committed the murder, it like keeps it engaging, you know. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely important and key to the movie. I just, it's, <laughs> it's just a little cringy when I watch it for yeah. a second time. It's just like, oh yeah, 
he, she acts like that or he acts like that. Um, but yeah. no, it's very entertaining. It's just, it's the, and it's probably some of the political talk in there around the fires and stuff when they're, um, I thought it was really funny. Um, if we're talking about some of the political talk that every single family member, um, mentions that, uh, um, Marta is from a different country. Yeah, like right, none of them right. say the same country: Brazil, Uruguay, Paraguay. Oh yeah, her family's from Venezuela. Ecuador. Venezuela, and yeah, nobody Ecuador. actually knows where her family immigrated from, which I thought yeah. was just like a. It was a, it was a funny thing because you you're waiting for it. Each character says a different one, and so nice little touch. And yeah. she doesn't correct yeah, anybody. I mean, which to is, get back into like the the best part, there are like so many like little details in the movie that I think are like what are key to making something partially it can be key to making something rewatchable like this is mm-hmm. and that, you know, you pick up on little, little bits and pieces time and time again. Um, and that's, that's definitely one of the ones that you like, you notice. You yeah. Know, the script has like a lot of the second time. gems. Yeah. Where you, yeah. you pick up on little quotes that sometimes, um, uh, Benny, uh, he just has such a draw that, you you can't really pick up what he's saying, and I watched it with subtitles yeah. this time, and it was helpful to be like, oh, that's what, what he's he talking about, there. like the gravity of the rainbow or something. <laughs> yeah, the curve. Oh, I read that too. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I like the way it sounds. <laughs> so good. Um, my worst is uh, Tony Collette. I'm not a Tony Collette guy by any means. Um, I, I just something about her. It's just like so. I don't know. I, I mean, and we can get into, uh, we'll get into recast a role next because that's, that's my next, uh, she's my recast. So my worst part of the movie ties into my recast a role. So we're just going to, so why don't you go right into it? Yeah, then? we'll, we'll, we'll transition right into recast a role from here. So instead of Tony Collette in this movie, I've got Julia Roberts. Ooh. Oh, I, I think, like that. I think she'd be good as like a West. She she could convey that like West Coast like holistic, you know, goop vibe. vibe. I mean, another option she's is Gwyneth, eat, pray, love. Gwyneth Paltrow. But yeah, yeah, she's got the eat, pray, love thing. Like she's done it before. I think you could sort of see that more like superficial. She's with it, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I think she's a little more like likable than Tony Collette. You know, so you would just he wouldn't be so quick to be like like when I first. Before I even saw the movie, like when they're introducing you to the characters, Tony Collette was the one that I picked out. Would be like, oh, she's the one that did it. <laughs> it was probably just because I don't like Tony Collette, but like that that character, um, I don't know. I just think it could have been like a, needed to be a touch more like sympathetic, and I think Julia Roberts could bring that to the table. So. It, if Gwyneth Paltrow was in it, could they have done like the goop line? Yeah, well, that's that's. <laughs> or that a bit, they had to be like, I want to cut that from the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably not. <laughs> But that's what they're going for, right? Like, yeah. Could you have just done Gwyneth Paltrow in that role? I mean, that's an option too, right? Pepper Potts. Sean, what do you got for the recast? For recast, I'm not. I like Michael Shannon in certain roles, and other. He's kind of very polarizing for me because sometimes I really enjoy something that he's in because I think he plays, you know, kind of evil characters well. Um, I've seen him in 99 Homes, which was sort of a housing crisis 2008 type movie with um, Andrew Garfield. Um, But I don't really see him as he's too, I don't know, overbearing and and kind of threatening as a as a person to me in in the past roles that he's played. Okay, that it's hard for me to because in this, I think the role of Walt Thromby is more of a take a back seat kind of not as strong of a leader and i what made me think of this recast was when their son is sitting in the chair with that like sweater on and just the way that he dresses is very much like ed holmes in the office um as andy (laughs) and so ed helms yeah ed helms um his character is andy in the office i think i kind of see Ed doing a good job of being Walt in this movie and kind of just being like Interesting. this proper sort of a beta yeah person that's like feels like he has all this authority but really he just does the publishing for his dad's books and doesn't really have anything. I dig that. 
I think that's a good one. I like that. And I a think lot. he would have more of the comedic element that a lot of the characters are very one dimensional. Um, but I think that could be a way to kind of sneak in someone that's a little bit more two dimensional and can bring some yeah. sense of humor. Because I think when you're around Michael Shannon, you're just at least I'm always on edge of like, oh, in these past movies, I've it's seen always them. so good though. I like Michael Shannon a lot. And I like I like your dear at Health Elms take. I think that's a really creative and really good take. Um, but I like Michael Shannon a lot, yeah. especially in this role. You do get sort of get the vibe that he could like blow up at any time, so that when he does blow up, it's like at the end of there with Ransom, it does sort of make sense. But yeah. I don't know. I, I think Ed Helms could bring that. Yeah, he I definitely brings that like kind of like weak vibe that uh, that is kind of portrayed through that. Yeah. What do you got, Levi? All right, I have a couple here. I went. I was in like pretty crazy. <laughs> And then I was like, I had to remind myself in the beginning that this is like an that he's trying to make an Agatha Christie here, yeah. And so we can't go too crazy. And so <laughs> let's go crazy. That's let's what go crazy. For. So why don't crazy. why don't I do both then? Yeah, let's hear them both. Okay, let's yeah. hear it all. We don't so, put limits on the. Recast. Yeah. So my first crazy one was I wanted to get rid of. I don't even know who the the kid is. The troll kid is. Yeah. I I'm like let's this is 2020. We're gonna get rid of him. <laughs> And we're gonna put like a TikTok kid in there. Let's and I'm gonna go. play a famous TikToker. Be that kid. That was like my like crazy. I I can't name you a famous TikToker. Bryce Hall. Yeah. Okay. We'll put Bryce Hall in there. I so like that would be like the like absolute like crazy I love and it. like just like destroy the the like aesthetic that I like so much and the the Agatha Christie that I like so much. I love it. He's he's in the background just trying to get content the whole time. The whole entire time, just trying to do dances. It would definitely be a funnier movie. But I don't think it would be a better movie. So I, I so I I toned it down then, and I was like I was like who I was like I right, well, let's let's replace Chris Evans and let's put Harry Styles in there. Ooh, that's just like the that was just Ooh. the like now that's we're a little more subtle. And I have a couple more, but some of them Throw are just like there. really bland that like don't change the movie at all let's hear the bland ones too. the bland ones is like take out don johnson and put in dennis quaid okay. like it's like i feel like that doesn't change the movie at all yeah yeah that's true so that's, that's my true. like whole i'm gonna recast the entire movie i do like here. harry styles as ransom though i kind of like dig the harry that. styles i think that could work but i don't know if yeah. i don't know i don't know if he's gonna have actor honestly though because that's true the the movie that we saw him in, in Dunkirk, he really isn't doing a yeah, ton. Yeah, he's not asked for a lot. I guess he's going to be in this new one. It's like, um, what's it called? It's being directed by Olivia Wilde. It has Chris Pine in it. I was just going around on Twitter the other day. It's like, uh, I forget what it's called. It's like, Hello Darling or something like that. But um, So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if he's got we'll enough. See. But I don't know. I think he could do it. I think he could pull off the like yeah spoiled vibe. Yeah, you know? definitely. And he like he would be a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit more like snaky, I think, than Chris Evans, where maybe it'd be a little more obvious that he's mm-hmm. the bad guy, though. So that's true. Yeah, maybe you want that like that Captain America good looks to be like, oh, yeah. this guy's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. So, he's a we'll we'll dive into one of my one of my my miscellaneous questions here now that we're on the topic. But <laughs> is Chris Evans wearing lipstick this entire movie? Oh, I, I didn't know. Really? I was distracted by the sweaters. He's <laughs> too, too busy looking at the, those cable knit bad boys. Yeah. <laughs> no, I doubt he's, it's he's way got, more he's expensive got like, than He's I'm got sure. like really red <laughs> lips the entire movie, and it's just really distracting. But maybe it's just I wouldn't me. be surprised. Definitely a ransom thing to do. I don't know. On your next on your next rewatch, revisit that. The check out Chris Evans' lips. I guess I have a question there. about Chris Evans. When did you guys realize that he was the bad guy? Did you guys guess it at all in the movie? I did. Yeah, when, did. in the theater the first time. Yeah. As soon as I had the the dogs were barking when he comes in, because oh, yeah. um, I think there's a scene prior to that where Daniel Craig says he talks about the dog being the good good sense of character or whatever. Like a dog is a good judge of character. I think yeah. is what he says, and then. Even before that, like when the opening credits are rolling a little bit, you can hear dogs barking in the background. So you sort of like are like primed to know the dogs are going to play some key role. And yeah. when everybody else is like greeting the dogs and they're friendly, and then you find out that one girl wakes up when you hear the dogs. And then the very first scene he's in, when the dogs are barking at him, I was like, oh, that's the guy. And so it was a little obvious mm-hmm. to me from that point. I mean, but I didn't put it together like the way that he went about it, right. which 
you know, still keeps the movie right. interesting. But I guess, you know, that is a, a thing that they could have done a little bit better. I think I suspected him when the will was going to be read and he, he was a, a big time actor. It's kind of like one of those things where a, a top build actor doesn't usually have a minor role. And when you, I don't know mm-hmm. how, what the time stamp is when he kind of re-enters the, the movie, but you kind of always hear about, oh yeah, Ransom, yeah, he's troubled or he's spoiled. He didn't even come to the funeral. And then when he re-enters, you're kind of like, oh. Because I think at that point, you, you, you've you kind of ruled out most of the, the family members that are yeah. being interviewed. So anyway, I thought that could be the, the wild card when he kind of re-enters and you're like, oh, he might have a, a bigger role. But it's one of those ones where you, you're still sort of second-guessing yourself. Yeah. yeah, not to make it too big of like a gush, gushy like love fest for this movie, but like that's another best thing about this movie is like he puts all these like little storylines in for each character yeah. so that you're invested in like what each character has going on in their life. That's sort of like, you know, there's a bunch of mini storylines within the storyline, like how, you know, the husband, Don Johnson, is cheating on Jamie Lee Curtis's character or whatever, and how, you know, Tony Collette's character is, like, running out of money to, like, f- fuel her lavish lifestyle, how the the girl's not going to be able to go to college, how the, you know, the son has these, like, complex, you know, emotional relationship with his father or whatever. Like, there's all this, there's, each character has, like, their own mini mystery within the mystery that sort yeah, of is playing into good. it that I think is sort of interesting as well so they're on little backs i mean i figured out during the car chase and it wasn't i wish it was something fancy like the dogs it was just like his name's ransom ransom's bad he's bad <laughs> <laughs> just put, put two and two together yeah though. he's holding his he's gonna hold ransom. her for a ransom yeah i get you i get you yeah well let's uh go. let's move on into cut a scene add a scene here this Scrum is the segment where we cut a scene out and then we add a new scene in um Maybe we might, uh, I mean, judging by our earlier discussion, we might all be cutting the same scene, but I'm going to start and say I'm going to cut out the uh, the fireside political chat that they have there. <laughs> there, You're sort of watching the movie, and it's just, it's like awkwardly shoehorned in there, yeah. and I feel like it doesn't really tell you anything about any of the characters, and there's really no point to it other than maybe for Ryan Johnson to... Uh, uh, get his own sort of opinions across, mm-hmm. but like it doesn't yeah. really. I feel like there's no like character development that goes on there. It doesn't really move the story forward in any way. It's just sort of like shoehorned in there, and it's you know I don't know. I mean, I don't think you have to be like on either side to say that that's like it just doesn't really add anything to the movie. I don't know if they're yeah. just trying to convey that they're all have all these different politics, yet they're all when it comes down to the money, they're all willing to do whatever it takes to get the that's money. True. Yeah. Maybe that's what you're trying yeah. to say, or maybe they're, they're all they like, all disagree, all but then they're rallying behind. I think one you can goal. do that without that political discussion. Exactly, I think you get the point across without that that scene being in it. I feel like that's the easiest scene to cut to because I feel like there's a lot of other scenes because this is a mystery that yeah. you need stuff to tell you, like to give you little hints here and hints there. Yeah. And if you cut something, you kind of need to add it somewhere else, and so it's kind of hard. It's like a it's like pretty tight. Besides that, yeah. So I'm adding in, uh, adding in then now that I've cut that out and it's like a good, you know, solid two or three minutes chunk there. I'm going to add in a little bit more Daniel Craig. I want some scenes of Daniel Craig on his own time. I want him like eating like the continental breakfast at the motel or like him just like, you know, checking into the motel, him like maybe walking around the police station. I don't know him interacting with just some random people. Like one of the best scenes in the movie is when he's sitting in the car singing along to the headphones and it's just him sitting there and it's like, it's a great little moment. So maybe just a few more little moments like that. That's what I'd like to add back. Just everyday moments with Daniel craig's character just like him yeah just being being uh himself (laughs) yeah what is that guy like on on his spare time you know i don't know maybe it takes away some of the mystery of him and it's not as good no any anything any additional scene with him i think it really adds to it what do you got cut a scene add a scene it's not really a specific scene but it's just like a group of scenes i i really don't like um like throwing up, like the noise. I mean, nobody does. Ooh, ooh. But it was a real True. trigger rewatching this because I mean, when when you're first watching it, you're 
you don't expect when she's going to throw up. So you're just sort of like, yeah, oh, crap. You know, and it's yeah. it's just a shock. But then I know exactly when she throws up throughout the movie. And I forgot about the ending. Like how uh, That's like definitely the worst one. So gross. That's is. when they show the most. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, ugh. And they're like, I don't know. It just gives me some some bad feelings so, so i'm cutting gross. out I'm, I'm just changing and, her and he's standing there with the stuff all over his face yeah just like yelling just like, at uh, her um uh, i'm cutting that out but i i was trying to think of something to add that, that would like you could put in place of of sort of her reaction to lying and i thought maybe like she could hiccup or um sneeze mm. or something like some kind of just or fart really loudly <laughs> That would be funny. A sneeze sneeze could have worked in that end scene if she just like like sneezed or or something. I don't know. I'm rewatching Stranger Things. I was like, maybe her nose would bleed. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. The sneeze could definitely work. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that. the sneeze. But I think they're going, obviously, for that last scene where it's very. Yeah. it would just it would just be boogers on his face and <laughs> puke. It would be boogers be worse than puke to yeah. see on his all over his face. Um, kind of think yes. I don't know. Sometimes you sneeze and you get like a you smell a sneeze. You ever have that? That's true. It's but like, really disgusting. I don't know. When I ever see someone puke, it just makes me feel like I have to puke. Not yeah. That's that's sympath. I'm a sympathetic puker. What can I say? Anyway, so yeah, I'm taking that out, and then I'm adding. I feel like Chris Plummer just does an, an incredible job playing Harlan, just kind of this caring but sort of patriarch, but also um, has like a softer side with Marta. And you just see this kind of duality at play with um, his role. And, you know, Chris Plummer is one of the best in the industry. So you, you, you know, want to highlight or, or show more of that and I, I so i just would love to see more of those i i would love the, you know seeing more of daniel craig's little isms where he's just by himself or interacting with the police i would like my addison would be more of harlan um because i think at some points you you get to see kind of that relationship with marta but i don't know if we are won over as a as an audience that he is so close with Marta that he would give $60 million, his house and every, right. all his publishing rights to Marta. Um, yeah. Through just the relationship that we see in the current movie. I think it, it, it wasn't That's sold odd. enough. Um, yeah. Christopher Palmer, notably 90 years old when they filmed this movie. Dang. Wow. 90. Dang. Crazy. Still got it. Still, Still got, got it. it. It's funny to see him play like a good guy. I feel like I'm used to playing, seeing him play bad guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sound of Music. Sound of Music is like the all time <laughs> good guy classic. But um, Inside Man plays, plays a Nazi. Yeah. That's yeah, a good, that's a good movie. Uh, what do you got for cut a scene out of scene, Levi? Yeah. I mean, I want to cut the politics too. Yeah. Um, like, that's, that's terrible. Um, like I said, besides that, it's pretty tight. Um, and so I either want to add a scene of. Like, um, Daniel Craig wrapping up a previous case, ooh, and then like waking nice. up and getting a thing of money, kind of like like a Murder on the Orient Express type vibe. Yeah. Or I want to see some like Keith Steinfeld and Daniel Craig like, like during those weeks before the final investigation, like they seem pretty close in the movie. Like, uh, like Keith is calling him Benny. Yeah. He calls him Benny, and yeah. then like in the phone in the hospital, Daniel Craig calls him my good friend. Yeah. And so like, there's something like they're pretty bonded here, and yeah. I want some good bond shit time. A little little buddy yeah. cop, buddy cop. Yeah, a little scene. buddy cop. Yeah. Especially with that uh, the trooper the Wagner car. guy, who's just like this like <laughs> fanboy there, it makes yeah. it like all the funnier. So yeah. great trio, great trio. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get any ride-alongs it. with them. We don't see them in the car much. I mean, there's the one the one chase no. scene. But yeah, I, I, that's a good point, Levi. We need some I squad mean, just, car scenes. Yeah, that well, yeah, right. That's like the loose concept answer, right? Like more more time in the car with the yeah. boys, right? Yeah. That's all we really want in a movie. <laughs> what are they, what's their small talk? What are they talking about? Exactly. Hamilton? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> all right. Um, let's... Uh, before we wrap it up, miscellaneous questions. Uh, I already brought up my uh, 
I have a quote right, that I wanted it. to say again that I thought was really funny. <laughs> oh, let's go. Let's hear um, it. When Marta, when the will's about to be read and they're going. Oh, I have the. I, I have the same one written down. Go ahead. You can read it. And, and, Marta, and Marta goes, I've, I've never been to a will reading. <laughs> and then Benny goes, just think of a an, a community theater production of a tax return. <laughs> yeah. You think, you think it'd be like a game, but it's like a community theater production of a tax return. <laughs> so, good. so good. And she's like, that was Great. not a, that wasn't that boring. He's like, well, they're, they don't all go that way. Yeah. But one of my one of my miscellaneous questions is how old is Marta supposed to be? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> a great like question. she could be twelve. You you could tell me she's twelve. You could tell me she's thirty. I don't. I don't yeah, know. Absolutely. There's just no frame of reference. Well, that's what I guess I, she's driving. So she has yeah. to be at least sixteen. She has like a nursing degree or something, right? Right. So I guess yeah, out of I college. Think she's like in her mid twenties. But she does look like she's twelve. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the hairstyle, maybe. Well, that's the, the thing. Could be. Yeah. The sweater. Well, and she's and friends with the girl that's in college, um, the that's true. granddaughter. So you kind of get like, oh, well, she's around her age. Yeah, that, that's what I'll be interested to see in the upcoming Bond movie that Daniel Craig and Anna de Armas is in. Is she? Oh, that's a great point, Sean. Like in this movie, it almost seems like uh, Marta's like, like you said, like a teenager. Um. And Daniel Craig's obviously like in his forties. And <laughs> yeah, then, she, she's going gonna be going from like a daughter father relationship to like a yeah, like if she's a love, love interest, interest for the last Bond movie, it's just gonna be interesting. Um, Is she a love interest or a rival spy? Uh, maybe I have no idea. I mean, I guess there it's good that Bond is being postponed to get like as much space yeah. between these two movies she as possible. Twenty ten years in <laughs> two years. <laughs> Sean, as uh, someone who's from Massachusetts, or uh, no, you're not from. You have a lot of family from Massachusetts. Do you have any any thoughts about the the Norfolk County kind of? Uh, perspective have you have you ever been up there or been around there i'm trying to think where norfolk county is in massachusetts um i guess it's sort of southwest side of boston which i would think that this this takes place closer to rhode island um rather than closer to the like uh quincy or it might be you know because it's more of a an estate but it definitely gave me like the because Rhode Island is probably the most famous for those just palatial estates of, you know, these country estates. But there are definitely amazing parts of outside of Boston that definitely look like this and have kind of just that, like, tweed suit. Um. <laughs> that that estate... Uh, uh part of the movie is really funny too our family estate yeah and he's just like such, laughing yeah he's this like was uh, sold by a pakistani real estate agent <laughs> so yeah but i i wanted to to explore more of that little town because when they were driving through it i was like oh there could have been some some interesting <laughs> scenes that happened in the little town but it, i know that they were trying to do the kind of clue remake so they wanted it all to be in the, yeah. the one house but i enjoyed when I have, they would walk have, the estate um, those were, and you could, could get different angles of the house. I thought that was interesting. So I have one question and one observation. I'll start with start with the question first. Is there a way? Is there the one thing I didn't like about this movie that I was just like an editing thing? Is like, is there a way to make the movie where the flashbacks of like what actually happened, like you don't get those flashbacks until the end? Because I feel like by having them earlier on the movie it takes away a little bit of the mystery of like what's going on and who's guilty for what because you know like everyone's i don't know it becomes less of a mystery movie more of like a like yeah uh, like putting the pieces together like we have here's all the pieces let's put them together rather than being like here's a piece now here's a piece now here's a piece like yeah i feel like if they did it you know like the latter and they didn't reveal those things until like the end where it's like, Oh, then we find out that, you know, Don Johnson's character is cheating on his wife or like, mm-hmm. then we find out that, you know, or Tony Collette's character has been double dipping or like, you know, like just that. I feel like, interviews. yeah, something that a lot of these movies do is they'll like, 
they'll cut, show different versions of the things happening. They sort of did it in this one a little bit when the characters were telling them, but then they show you the true one here and it's like, oh, well, now I know what the true situation was happening. But I feel like if they just gave you a couple different versions. Is that including Marta's? So do you not want to see the Marta, what actually happens? No, yeah, that's that, I think that's the main one where I like, I don't I don't think I want to so see that. So if you don't see that, do you just think Marta's going to be guilty the entire time? Or do you think that it's just going to be it's too obvious and it's not Marta? That's what really? I don't know. Like, is there, do you think like it would work if you save some of those clips till the end? Like, yeah. and a piece in it yeah, together? Yeah, I, I think that I mean, can be a... Because you do... an interesting re-edit. You, you don't really um it, it's such a good ensemble cast and they have different backstories to maybe lead you to think that they might kill Harlan. Yeah. But it's it's revealed so early, like you said, that it really it eliminates everybody I mean, you know Marta is you think is like wholly responsible. Obviously Harlan decides to take matters in his yeah. own hands. I mean, but. obviously it's like, they're a little misleading, but I th- still think like you could save some of those to the end and it would keep the, the toss. It would keep it in the air a little bit more about yeah. who is guilty, you know? Yeah. The climax of the movie comes very early where you just kind of find this out. And then you're, it almost seems like you're running downhill the rest of the movie, just a little bit trying little to get bit. to the, to the end. Then my other, my just a, a simple observation, but uh, Don Johnson throwing that baseball, he like really winds that up to whip it out the window, <laughs> and then you just see it like plop, the <laughs> plop out the like, window. <laughs> that's true. So is he, does he just have a really weak arm, or is he just like really accurate? Maybe he sidearms it. <laughs> is that what it is? He because he just like winds up. Maybe he just does a little, little just toss like out tosses the it. <laughs> I don't know. Just something something I chuckled to myself about as I. I saw it. Um, any other miscellaneous thoughts, questions? I, Obviously, I, I love the ending with the the cup, the cup of coffee. Yeah. Like an easy way yes. to say what she does with with the money without having to like yeah. come out and say like, no, I'm keeping it. It's just like it's my, my house, my rules, my rules, my coffee. Yeah. One question I had: Do you who do you think gets money? Do you think that she doles out any money to anybody? I think she helps the SJW finish her school, probably. Other than that, maybe she does. Maybe she keeps Walt on running the publishing company. Yeah, maybe. Because he has nothing else. Maybe she cuts, uh, what's her face, Tony Collette's character, a little lifeline there. Yeah. A little, little allowance, who knows. Because I honestly One other think, like minor... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, I don't think she helps any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just the way that they all treated her throughout the movie. No, I, I think she helps them. disrespected her. Just talking to Daniel Craig, talking about her niceness, and it's like saying, yeah. like, hey, you won this by being nice. Like, so she's not gonna, like, all of a sudden be like cutthroated, not do anything. Did you notice the, the painting at the beginning of the, the movie? The painting of Christopher Plummer, Harlan Thrombey, or whatever, he's he's got a frown on his face. Yeah. He's like really somber. And then at the end, you know, finally, it's in like the final scene, I think they show the painting again, and he's smiling in the painting. Oh, they changed oh the, interesting. Changed the I didn't painting. pick up on that. That. Gotta, gotta get back on Prime and rewatch the ending, but yeah, Definitely. in that movie that are like there's that. a lot of Easter eggs. Yeah, but just another one of those nice, nice little. Tips. And then obviously, like the knife is like with the mug. It's like yeah. one of the more obvious things, like that. Yeah. Like he says, they peep his family doesn't know a real knife from a fake yeah. knife, a stage. Yeah, and stage. A nice little uh, foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, top twenty, Levi. I think so. Yeah. Really? Definitely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, have, have you back on to break down the full full list. I don't know. I like to be on a movie that I don't like because I feel like every movie I come on, I just come on and gush about. <laughs> come on for one you can just slander. Yeah. Well, that's what you should think of next for your next appearance. That's it. Maybe, maybe about or uh, in time. In time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be breaking down this random Justin Timberlake movie from 2009. It's so bad. Whenever that came out. It's so awful. 2012. Sean, top 20. Bump anything off. I don't think so. I mean, it's definitely, yeah. it's a classic um, because there's not a lot of mysteries that are, are made anymore. So I think it's definitely, you know, in that genre for me, um, but yeah. not in the top 20. In the genre top 20. Yeah, it's not in mine either, but very good. Maybe top very 50. It's one like. of those movies that you can easily recommend if someone hasn't seen it. Like, hey, have you seen Knives yeah. Out? I think that's what I did like all last winter when I saw it in theaters. I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, because I think it it came on Amazon Prime pretty quickly after coming out. 
and everyone yeah. was like, "Oh, what movie should I watch?" And I was like, "You guys should watch Knives Out. It's really amazing." It's a it's a good one to watch with people who haven't seen it too, to see if they're like picking up on the clues that are being dropped as they're being dropped as well. Yeah. So a lot of people that I watch with, like they pick up on um, Chris Evans' ransom very quickly. They're like, "Oh, yeah. it's him." So I think I think Logan Lucky is one that I have to tell people more about than Knives. I'd be like, no, really. Lug, like if you haven't seen Logan Lucky, go watch Logan yeah. Lucky. Like that's such a good movie. It's also a classic, new classic. Daniel Craig been hitting out of the park lately. Yeah, but not classic. Um, one final question: What do you want? They're they've talked about making a Knives Out too, a sequel. What do you want the setting to be? It'd be just be Daniel Craig again, but like. The setting the setting's gonna change. Where do you want the setting? I was thinking cruise ship. A cruise ship would be fun. Cruise ship could be fun. Could I was thinking fun. of a like ski that sort chalet. of like a Ooh like in the winter. That. I'm trying to think here. Murder on the slopes. Murder <laughs> on the slopes. Skis out. <laughs> On a beach, I want. Give me I like want, a like I'm a. So, I'm I'm a. I'm really into the golf. I would like a a PGA event. There we go. Like a waste Ooh. management, Arizona. Like, <laughs> I dig that. I dig that a lot. That would be interesting. He's just like sort no of one's done walking around in yeah. like a, a golf yeah. shirt. I dig it. At the Masters, murder yeah. at the Masters. Yeah, murder at the Masters. Ooh, let's it's go. Really good. It's got legs. Ryan Johnson, hit us up if you want some. Uh, <laughs> With the idea rights. All right. Well, we did it. We made it through an episode without Rudy. Um, oh, we miss you. Big Rudy. announcement. Big, big announcement drop. We got shirts. Shirts coming out. Um, so when this podcast drops, go to our Instagram page at Lose Concept on Instagram, and the link will be in the bio there. You can get get to them that way, or you can send us an email. And I will send you an email to the link where they can be bought, or you can uh, shoot any of the hosts a text message, and we will text you the link. Um, but yeah, there is twenty bucks for a loose concept, loose concept T-shirt, official T-shirt endorsed by Loose Concept. So, yeah, we're big time. We're big time now. We got merch. Oh yeah, we got merch. We got merch. If you want, if you want to endorse, uh, so show that you support a small time niche movie podcast. Uh, Small to mid this, this is it. Yeah, and if you're interested in uh, elemental elements and geographical dirt or somewhere, <laughs> you know who to call. You can uh, hit, hit me up on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, they drop the drop <laughs> the elemental geodes. <laughs> <laughs> Levi three six five zero on Instagram. If you're looking to get, if you're looking to follow someone interesting, that's Levi. What does um, the three six five zero mean? Uh, it's just a random number. <laughs> three hundred sixty five <laughs> days nothing. in a year. It means three hundred sixty five days in a year with zero thoughts, zero <laughs> zero negative vibes, zero takes. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yes, thanks for coming back on, Levi. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Be sure to write us write us an email at looseconceptpod on Instagram. Send us an, e- an email at, uh, to looseconceptpod at gmail.com. Um, leave a review, rate, subscribe, all that stuff on iTunes or Spotify. I don't know if anyone's done that, but if you have, shouts to you. You're a real one. Um, word, everyone, remember to always keep it loose. Keep it conceptual. I lost my hand! I lost my pride! Now pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in the track. Smokey, this is not now. This is bold. There are rules. I am not a hero. I'm a drifter with nothing to lose. My face is my world. It's over. Go home. Go.